0: Today on Act News Daily,
1: events happen and life happens, and rains happen and demand happens, and uh, we feed a bunch of pigs and pigs are dying all over the world. So there's always a reason for grains to move.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Market Monday. Delaney Howell here, joined by Mike Pearson. Back to a kind of normalish week this week, aren't we, Mike?
2: We kind of are, but not normal. When we're looking at the markets, Delaney, it's fantastic today. It's hashtag Market Monday because we have some news for the bulls in the grain markets today.
0: Absolutely. Do you want to break down that news for us?
2: You bet. So the big story today was all eyes were watching the quarterly grain stocks report, and the trade was anticipating a little bit of a drop in corn and soy carryouts. And then at 11 o'clock, USDA kind of stunned the market a little bit rather than dropping the corn carryout 30 million bushels which was the expectation ended up dropping about 300 million bushels which really got the trade excited in the corn market we saw a similar story in soybeans we dropped from uh, just a little over a billion bushels down to 913 million bushels the trade was guessing would be at about 982 million so again big drops in both of those and uh, as ted seifert was talking about with me earlier today there might be a little bit of a caveat to this rally because we do have still a lot of corn and soybeans out there on farm storage if uh, if USDA numbers are to be trusted.
0: Right, but USDA accounted for that on farm storage as well. Right, Right.
2: yep, exactly, exactly. So I mean, but the, 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 tone is that we still have a lot more corn and soybeans out on farms this year than we did a year ago at this gotcha. time. Uh, so eventually that stuff is going to have to make its way to the market as we get close to harvest and we get those bins cleared out for this next big, or eh, we'll see if it's a big crop, next crop regardless to be uh, to be brought in from the field.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And we are talking to Tommy Garzaffi here in just a short little bit about those markets and Really what happened there today get his take on it
2: absolutely
0: absolutely well, that,
2: that was the big news from the markets perspective delaney what other news do you have jumping out at you from the world of agriculture
0: well on friday it happened late friday afternoon so we didn't get a chance to discuss it on the podcast or i didn't get a chance to discuss it on the podcast on friday but we know that President Trump has spent some time spent some time meeting with uh, oil folks as well as ethanol folks and a couple of different corn industry groups sent a letter to President Trump on Friday warning him that frustration in the countryside is growing that's a direct quote from the letter with the president's biofuels policy And a lot of producers are starting to lose their patience when it comes to having uh, some leeway for President Trump and his dealings with the RFS and, more specifically, with ethanol and biofuels.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the concern is that we we have a lack of biofuels policy, it would seem. We've got this RFS, but if oil companies can subvert it with these small refinery exemptions, then what good is the RFS?
0: Right, exactly. And since we're talking about President Trump, mm, I debated whether or not we should discuss this. But, uh, Mike, tell me your thoughts on the whistleblower deal, this whole uh, predicament we've seemed to got ourselves in here.
2: You know, it's one of those things that I've cotton, I've cotton, I've cotton, I've uh out of the, uh, the corner of my eye for the past several days as this impeachment inquiry gets underway, but I really haven't dug into the details. So for me to opine on it, Delaney, would probably be uh, yeah, a breach of journalistic ethics. And uh, <laughs> as we saw this last week with the Des Moines Register, oh, breaching journalistic ethics can, uh, can be quite troublesome. For those of you who aren't familiar, a young man in Iowa raised uh, just about a million dollars to support mm-hmm. the Children's Hospital in at the University of Iowa, and the Des Moines Register did a kind of an in-depth report on the kid, Carson King was is his name, and uh, included the fact that he had two questionable tweets back from when he was 16 years old, and it erupted into a giant firestorm on Twitter with uh, all sorts of you know, name-calling being thrown around and investigations being done, and it's ended now with the firing of the reporter at the Register. So... Oops. I don't want to get too far ahead over my skis when we're uh, talking about these things, Delaney.
0: Yeah, I'm not really surprised that they threw that journal journalist under the bus. I uh, predicted that from the start when this all kind of started to blow up.
2: Exactly. You know, you're gonna somebody's gonna be the scapegoat, and it's uh, unfortunate it had to be that guy because I think he was probably just doing his job.
0: I think he was probably taking some orders from higher ups.
2: Exactly. So anyway, that's my thoughts on the. Uh, whistleblower thing what are your thoughts
0: uh i'm kind of in the same camp as you i've just kind of loosely seen some pieces about it not really sure where it sits i think it has some people concerned but uh i think it's still too early to tell
2: yes yes it is but you know what is not too early to tell is the number of hogs and pigs on american farms delaney also friday We got the quarterly hogs and pigs reports out, and it was expected to be a bearish report. Uh, All the numbers came in higher than anticipated. In total, the total number of hogs and pigs were up 3%. They were at 77.7 million hogs. That is, I believe, the largest hog herd on record since the series began uh, capturing data back in 1988. And, you know... Coming off of this report on Friday, the expectation was we would see weakness in the lean hog market today, and that was not the case. So it will be good to chat with Tommy and get his thoughts on why did we have all of this strength in the strength uh, in the hog market today.
0: There could be a multitude of things impacting that, I suppose, Mike, couldn't there?
2: Absolutely, and uh, we'll see if China stays in this market, because with 77 million hogs and pigs, we need buyers out there looking for that tasty, tasty pork.
0: Yes, we do. And speaking of China, looking at the MFP payouts, it is noted that about 400,000 farmers have applied so far for the, for the first round of the market facilitation program payments for 2019. And so far, we've seen quite a bit of payments paid so far. They're they're quoting, USD is quoting about $5 billion in total that's already been paid out.
2: All right. Well, those checks are getting sent, so get in there and uh, get your, uh, it's probably too late now to sign up, I think.
0: I think it is too late to sign up for this round.
2: So just keep an eye on your mailbox if you did sign up, and hopefully those checks will be coming soon.
0: Yes, I heard uh, it seems that a lot of folks are having a lot more difficulty this time around than the first time for some unknown reason. Slower? I don't know.
2: Hmm, interesting. I hadn't heard that, but uh, it wouldn't be surprising given all of the frustrations in Washington, D.C. with the USDA move and everything Mm. else that's been going on.
0: Mm -hmm. And speaking of the USDA move, I read something just briefly today that said government reports from the ERS are expected to be delayed or pushed back, not meeting those deadlines they've set because they are so short-staffed right now in Kansas City.
2: Yes. Yeah, only 19 folks made the move from D.C. to Kansas City. Oh,
0: 19, huh?
2: Yep. And granted, I'm sure they're hiring to fill those positions who didn't move, but I'm sure that'll take some time.
0: Yes, it will.
2: Well, I've got some news out of Brazil. For the first time in 2019, Brazil shipped 60,000 tons of corn to the United States. Um, basically, there was a uh, corn was export, exported by Cargill, and um, Cargill confirmed the shipment but did not elaborate any further. There was another grain merchant down in Brazil that said it has shipped another 60,000 tons of U.S. corn to Smithfield Foods on September 3rd. So we do have some corn coming into the southeastern U.S. out of Brazil, which I thought was interesting. We see this typically every year. Um, and, you know, apparently it's it's getting started as we speak.
0: Yes, I saw that, too. And it's not the first time this year I don't think that the U.S. has bought some from Brazil. I thought they had another shipment they bought last week or two weeks ago, too.
2: Right, right. So this would be – that one was the first one. That was the one headed to Smithfield. This gotcha. other one is the second. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
2: Yeah, so that's all the news I have, Delaney. I know we're going to have a long conversation with Mr. Grasafi, but do you have any other news stories for us?
0: I am out of news as well, Mike.
2: Perfect. Well, let's see where the markets closed. As I mentioned, it was an exciting day today in the grain trade. Looking at the corn market, the December contract was up 16 and three quarters at 388 and a quarter. March up 16, finished at 399 and three quarters just kissing they're not quite kissing that four dollar mark in the march uh, both of those did close on the high for the day in soybeans the november contract was up 23 cents closed at 906 even the january up 22 cents to finish at nine nineteen and a half. and a half and in chicago wheat the december contract was up eight and a half cents at 495 and three quarters the march up eight and a half as well to finish the day at 502 and a quarter as we would expect, with this much strength in the grain market, we did see a little bit of weakness in the cattle complex. October live cattle down forty five cents at one hundred four fifty seven fifty. The December down twenty seven fifty to finish at one hundred ten thirty. And with feeder cattle, the October contract dropped a dollar at one hundred forty two forty, November down a dollar and a nickel, closing the day at one hundred forty one ninety two and a half. And as I mentioned earlier, strength in lean hogs, despite that quarterly hogs and pigs report, the October contract was up seventy. And a half cents wrapped the day at 65.45. The December, however, up $2.75 to finish at 72.60. Jumping over into the dairy market, we had the September contract unchanged on the day as we expect this close to the end of the month. The October was down nine cents at 18.06, and the November dropped to six cents, finishing the day at 18.08. Without further ado, let's kick it over to our hashtag Market Monday conversation with Mr. Tommy Grazaffi.
0: Well, for today's Market Monday discussion, as promised, got Tommy Grisafi, a commodity broker with Advanced Trading, on the call for today. Tommy, how you doing?
1: I'm doing real well.
0: Tommy, it was an exciting day today in the commodity markets after a pretty bullish report. What was your initial reaction to the way the grains traded today?
1: It was interesting to see them open up last night. Uh, incredible amount of rain all across Midwest. I guess when it hits you in your backyard, you think everyone's getting it. But here in Indiana, we had uh, five to seven inches of rain. Customers all over the country were just complaining that they wanted to start combining beans, and they just can't get out there. And now there's more rain, I guess a bunch of rain on the way for uh, you uh, later in the week in that parts of Iowa. So we had a little story, and then uh, there was a story that China's going to uh, – probably buy some more beans they're going to be here on holiday for the next 10 days but uh so we had a little story before the number and on the open last night and then to see that bullish number come out that was really neat i mean today's the first day in a long time i actually helped farmers sell corn uh still a tiny bit of old crop corn out there had some these 20 corn so uh up 15 will catch people's attention for sure
0: Absolutely. Up 15 in the corn markets, up about 22, 23 in the soybean markets. Tommy, should we be rewarding these rallies or do you think that these will be continued here over the next couple of days, over the next couple of weeks? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, the American farmer can do whatever they want, Delaney. That's what they always do. And although that sounds like a sarcastic remark, I remember calling customers when corn was 460, uh, begging, pleading to actually make cash sales and they didn't want to. So believe it or not, they're not super excited over uh, where corn is right now at this price because they still in the back of their heads know two months ago it was higher. And uh, as we hit 388 futures today, my other fear and why I don't think many people do anything, whether they should or shouldn't, is that with all this uh, money coming out with the MFP Uh, A lot of people starting to get their MFP payments and then the uh, bump on the prevent plant, there's a lot of money starting to hit the uh, ag community and uh, that may allow people to wait and take a look at the December and January and uh, obviously the January crop report could be a big one so we had that surprise today, and that'll give people hope. Uh, getting a big check from the government will give you buy-you-time, and, and there's carry in the market. So we did see July corn futures hit $4 today, and maybe that'll get people's attention a little bit. But uh, uh, the permable, actually, it traded a lot higher than that. It was $4 for the report, and then it traded uh, 408. dollars So the permables are going to be bullish. There's no price high enough that will ever get them to sell their grain. And in the end, the American farmer will do what they do so often is sell their grain when they run out of space, or when they need money. And that pattern just keeps happening over and over and over.
0: Tommy, besides today's report, is there any reason that the corn markets should continue trending higher?
1: Oh, there's always reasons, right? So uh, a couple weeks ago when I went home, when we went all went home on Friday, I don't remember listening on your show or anyone else's show that uh, oil fields in Saudi Arabia were going to get bombed, right? So even though you're a good reporter, you didn't have the scoop on that one. So Black swan events happen, and life happens, and rains happen, and demand happens, and... Uh, we feed a bunch of pigs, and pigs are dying all over the world. So there's always a reason for grains to move. That's what gives these markets value, and that's what gives options value. In particular, is the fear of the unknown, the black swan events. So, uh, yeah, they, never. I'll tell you, when you when the markets were on the low a few weeks ago, I had several farmers call me and say that they just didn't see how the markets could rally. And here we go, we're rallying. And when the markets were on the high a few months ago. Uh, people didn't think they can ever go down. So there's always a reason the markets can move.
0: It, Tommy, when you look at the soybean markets, it looks like the November new crop contract is is right in a level of resistance here. When you look at the charts, if we do happen to break through, does that indicate that we could continue some positive momentum?
1: Well, soybeans are tricky. Where we have too many of them, and as the USDA comes out, they're uh, constantly adjusting numbers but uh, a lot of soybeans I believe are going to be sold off the combine regardless of price so uh, if a farmer has room they're going to uh, store as much grain as they can but I think you'll see some soybeans uh, trade here in the next few weeks so can they keep going up yeah anything's possible you got to stay fair and balanced and remember that uh, we could have a drought in South America we could have problems down there but I think these levels are starting to become pretty attractive. And let me take a look at NOV twenty. NOV twenty beans today traded. Wow, nine fifty five. So uh, that's something a producer's got to think about. In a Trump tariff market, nine fifty five beans for NOV twenty. Uh, possible MFP three payment coming out next year uh, by some votes with the American farmer. Uh, the president loves to uh, talk about how he's helped the American farmer, and if you're Wanna win elections? I can guarantee you don't want an angry farmer. So you don't want to angry anyone. But we're gonna we're gonna need the health of the uh, farmer to get better because as you know, you talk to a lot of people. There's some people who are really suffering and uh this trade tariff thing's uh, really weighing heavy on them. So
0: Absolutely. It uh doesn't always have us in the most positive mindset, that's for sure. Absolutely. Tommy, tell me the wheat markets today were also positive gains. Was it playing follow the leader with corn and soybeans, or was there another reason for the wheat markets to be optimistic today?
1: Well, not all the wheat markets closed up. So we saw the Board of Trade wheat close up. Kansas City, Minneapolis closed lower. Minneapolis been on a heck of a roll. It went from about four ninety up to five sixty, but. Uh, there was some spreading between uh, Minneapolis KC, Minneapolis Board of Trade, and the wheat markets overall with a little bump in demand, and uh, they, they do seem oversold. So as you know, these funds come in and out of the market. They have a lot of money. Uh, they can really move things around. All in all, uh, wheat's, wheat's tough to trade, but they grow wheat all over the world. So anytime it seems like wheat gets to a profitable level, it should be sold. And although it, uh, you get so excited when it gets there, people all across the world are always growing and planting and harvesting wheat. So it's uh, it's a tough one. But uh, expect volatility for the next few years. It, it's it's really interesting time with everything that's happening politically and uh, uh, with the weather. And, the, and it's just going to be a, a wild next couple of years.
0: That it is. And as you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, there is a lot of wet weather on the forecast for much of the Midwest and the U.S. Tommy, are you hearing any Folks, any numbers coming out of the field? Anything that people have shared with you about how their harvest is going, or maybe hasn't started yet?
1: A lot of harvest delays. I work with a lot of people up north, and they're uh, they are way behind. And this weather is not going to help. Uh, they feel blessed that the uh, the big scare of the frost didn't happen, but the the water Delaney is just uh, it's it's so much to overcome. And as the temperatures cool and the ground gets wet. Uh, they're going to have a hard time. There's a lot of people in the country who are going to have a hard time getting at the bushels. And then when they do, they're going to be high moisture bushels. So uh, what tends to happen is you dry a high moisture bushel. In the end, you look back months later, years later, you just have a little less bushels than you realized. And uh, to answer your first part of the question, people who have harvested are a little disappointed in yields. Uh, I've only heard of a few people in certain states with record yields. And those states would be Kentucky, Tennessee, people got it in early, had adequate moisture, good weather, didn't have the big drought, more more moisture and finished up well. So a uh, little bit record crops in some of the fringe acres, but the, uh, the big boys here, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, everybody's off a little. And uh, maybe that's what you're hearing too uh, with your other analysts and guests or just in your own personal travels.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's it's really just been the market has been waiting. Guys have been waiting to see what their neighbors are getting or what other people in the state are getting, but it just seems like a big waiting game. Is there are there numbers that you have in mind with corn and soybean yields that you think if we are below them, we could still see some sort of post-harvest rally?
1: Well, I never really focus on predicting acres I personally don't have time to run around and go see how many acres are planted. The USDA has over 100,000 employees, and they don't always get that close to the planted acre number. And uh, as you can see by today, by being off by 300 million bushels, uh, they're not even sure how much corn we have from last year. So what I tend to worry about is just each individual customer's bushels and and, and what we're going to do with their yield. And the thing that's telling us what their best chance of a price rally is or what could happen is the basis. And the basis has been screaming for the last few months that these bushels weren't there. And maybe today we had some confirmation of that, but overall I love to watch uh, Twitter and I love watching all these people predict uh, yields. And I loved watching the crop tour and you talk to different smart people every day. But the only thing I could say to the people listening today is why do all the experts still have jobs, right? So if it was just so easy to look out and say, Hey, I don't think the yields are going to be there and by the market then we wouldn't we wouldn't have radio shows we wouldn't have commodity brokers we would just have a bunch of retired people who were wonderful speculators so everyone's out there running around trying to figure it out but yet no one's got any money to show for it or if they do they're sure not calling you and I I can guarantee that
0: <laughs> yeah definitely not calling me that's for sure Tommy uh I know that grains are more your forte but we had some we had a good week last week in the in the cattle complex today we open a little bit lower in both live cattle and feeder cattle is it a correction or something else
1: well the cattle market had a heck of a run uh, coming off the lows from that fire at that plant oh was that miserable for uh, growers uh, especially on the hedge growers Uh, you know growers and raiser people raise cattle and every day, any day the hog market's open, it can go limit up or limit down. I, I, you don't even need news anymore. And so the hog market's just continued volatility. The meats have had a heck of a run, seeing people do some uh, pretty aggressive hedging here uh, last few weeks in meats as these uh, as this rally continued. So nothing ever surprises me anymore in the meats. I'm a much more confident hedging corn and beans and wheat for people than cattle. Cattle is such a niche market, and you hear the complaints just like I do, that there's only just a couple companies and a couple people in the world running that whole cattle market. And I feel I feel the scope and depth of the liquidity of the corn market. Uh, I'm proud to help people manage risk with corn futures and options and bean futures and options and wheat. But boy, that cattle market, there's a reason they call it the meat casino, and uh, it seems to live up to its name every day.
0: The meat casino—that's a new one. I've never heard that one.
1: Well, it's it's uh, it's always out there. So, a uh, lot of risk, and unfortunately, I'm just not real proud of the uh, liquidity that the uh, contract provides, and, and the way the uh, the way in the end, what the producer gets for their cash cattle just doesn't seem to uh, always uh, add up here with what futures are doing.
0: Yeah, I've definitely heard quite a few cattle producers that have been pretty pretty uh, upset about the prices as of late but tommy before i let you go how can folks interact with you on twitter
1: well they can get a hold of us on twitter that's fine they can give us a call at uh 1-800-664-4383 i, I don't spend as much time nearly ever looking at twitter because uh it's one of the bosses say, uh, how could someone who's so busy calling people have time to interact with a bunch of strangers they've never met? So, uh, I find Twitter fascinating. I love meeting new people, but in the end, uh, just doing business the old fashioned way, talking to people, meeting people in person.
0: All right. Well, Tommy Grisafi, thanks for joining. Thank you. All right. Well, again, a big thank you there to Tommy Grisafi. Do, uh, do interact with him on Twitter. He's always tweeting good stuff. But also interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you're not doing so yet at Ag News Daily.